Okay, good good day to everyone. This is uh, apparently it's going to be a fantastic day. I'm talking to uh, my guest today, and apparently we're going to have a 20 degree mini heat wave. And so um, I'm looking forward to uh, going out and having a walk later. But I'd just like to welcome everyone to the Everyday Martial Arts Podcast. Uh, I have Mr. David Harper with us today, uh, one of our Puma Martial Arts instructors. And um, it's got a, a quite an interesting martial arts journey. So hopefully you will tell us a little bit about that. And uh, how are you doing today, Mr. Harper? Oh, I'm good, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. It's um, having a, a good, day, good day. Looking forward to getting out in the sun later. So it should be good, I hope. Excellent, excellent. Well, I'm going to start with my usual question that I've been asking uh, all my guests so far, and to, just to tell us a little bit about your martial arts journey. And as, as I've said to all the guests, I know this can take hours <laughs> because uh, our martial arts journeys are, um, are quite quite long and uh, detailed, to be honest. But uh, perhaps you can give us an overview of that. Yeah. Okay. Sure. Um, it's uh, I guess it's probably a little bit. Um you know, less specific than some of the, some of the other guys you got. I started, uh, well, like many people, I suppose it all started when I was a kid, when I was sort of, sort of six or seven years old is dabbled with judo. Like a lot of people did back in the eighties, uh, sort of late seventies, early eighties. Um, but then, you know, didn't really get on with that. I think I was, I was one of the smaller kids in the class. And I think I kept getting thrown around by the big ones and didn't like it very much. So I kind of fell out, fell out of love with that very quickly. Um, Taekwondo started, probably when I was about 17 um, and just, and, and it was completely by mistake really, because it was, it was, I wanted to get back into doing um, some form of martial art again. So I went to the sports center that um, I knew the judo class was on. Um, so weirdly I wanted to go back to do judo again, but as I walked into the sports center, I saw this huge, huge Taekwondo class happening um, in uh, Andover with a, with a man called um, Mr. Charles Gellard um, with the TAGB. Um, and I remember walking in there and there was about 80 people, 80, 80 or 90 people training there. There lines of 10. Um, and it was, it was absolutely huge. Filled up this, this sports hall. Um, and I remember just walking in and not really being able to see the front of the class and, and sitting there. Um, and there was a couple of people sat there kind of chatting to me and everything. And I had to chat with them afterwards um, and got involved with it from there, really. Um, I remember standing at the back looking forwards and and basically all I could see was the green belts and I think like, I, I wouldn't be able to do that pattern because I was looking at one yo and even now I still tell the story to my students saying that um you know one yo was the first target I had that pattern I absolutely um loved when I was coming through the, the ranks um at lower grade um so yeah that was it really and started training with the THB there and then I went to university um now while I went to university um I still tried to train, but I had to travel a long way to get to to my uh, Taekwondo school with Miss um, Malcolm Jones in Southampton. Um, so I kind of, it was about an hour and a half journey each way for an hour's class. Um, and so, so after a little while, I kind of gone, oh, oh I've had enough of this. So I, I, that was, I took a bit of time off then and eventually um, sort of got, got back into it again. Um, and then, again moved house after I graduated moved up to Kent and started training with um master Frank Murphy in Kent um that was at second down by that point I think um and I managed to get my third down and fourth down with master Frank Murphy and then uh, obviously as you know um ended up joining Puma yeah. um so that was the, the Taekwondo journey really and and it's still still going uh, all these years later and it's just 
I'm at the stage now where my age is getting on top of me a bit and I can't do what I used to be able to do. And um, <laughs> yeah, the body, the body's falling apart, but I still try. I still, um, it, in fact, it was only a few years ago, really, that I really started having to slow down. Um, I started having problems with my hips um, and um, I thought I was going to have to have surgery on my hips that didn't happen. Um, just got to do rehab and stuff. And so the Taekwondo journey kind of is still ongoing, obviously. I'm still teaching, but then I tried to do something else. I've, I've done a lot of kickboxing um, type training in the past. I've done a bit of boxing. So the, the kind of the Taekwondo evolved into that area. Um, but as with many people, as they, as they, they move on, you know, you start a family and that takes over, um, and that becomes the priority and you kind of, you give up on what you're, you're doing. So Taekwondo really has been the, the key throughout it all. Um, a couple of years ago, I started doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu as well to keep that going. Um, and somehow managed to tear my ACL in my knee doing that. So, and then lockdowns happened. So, so nothing's really happening. With that at the moment it's just still going with the taekwondo really well it's, it's funny because I, oft, I often say that um i've said to certain people that when you go into uh, and you see taekwondo for the first time you think wow you know i won't be able to do that and the strange thing is although i was in a taekwondo class i didn't didn't sort of see a demo until i was a ninth cup and i remember going to it was a demo at long leap safari park and <laughs> a few black belts there and i remember they did pattern po one and those that do Taekwondo will know it's very hand orientated. In those days, it was really fast. I remember seeing being line cut thinking, I want to be able to do that. Yeah. <laughs> I yeah. want to be able to do that. And that was the thing that stuck with me um, for, for ages, ages and ages going through the grades, just thinking, wow, you know, I just want to be able to do that pattern. Um, but that's that's the role of the black belts and uh, the senior grades, isn't it? It's the inspiration for the juniors, I think. Um, and I, I think, you know, we, we, we had that, um, obviously, Maybe we take it for granted now being the grades we are, but um, certainly looking back as a junior grade, we had that in the class. We looked at the people in front of us and think, I want to do that pattern. I want to do that pattern. I want to be like them. Yeah. I remember once being in a class at Blue Belt and doing some sparring in the class. Um, and it was a little kind of mini point stop competition in the class. Um, and I end up sparring one of the black belts. And he won't remember this, but I do because I was a blue belt. Um, but we did a bit of point stop in there and, um, and I, I beat the black belt at the point stop. And I thought, and I went away thinking, yes, yes. And he didn't think anything of it. And he probably forgot it 20 seconds afterwards. But, you know, some 30 years later, I still remember it. Um, so uh, that's that's what it comes down to, isn't it, I think. And I think as we progress through the grades, we, we tend to forget that a little bit. Yeah, we do. And, and sort of pick, picking up on one of the other points that, that you made uh, about um, sort of injuries, because I, I had a, a hip operation, well, it was 13 years ago. Remember it well because my uh, daughter was one year old and she's fourteen now, and um, uh, my eldest daughter. And um, I, I, it actually devastated me. I, I was completely devastated when I came out of the specialist office and he said, "Right, you know, we're going to have this hip operation. You won't be able to do this. You won't be able to do that. You won't be able to do that." I was thinking, I was almost in tears. I'm thinking, "This is the end. I can't do it anymore." Yeah. I mean, l luckily, um, you know, I, I did. Well, I wouldn't say I ignored a lot of the advice, but. I, I did take a lot of the advice on and um, you know, I was able to do a lot of things. I did lose a lot of flexibility uh, and I still struggle with that now, but um, you know, I was able to continue training. Although he did say that at some point after I had my mother hit, hit done, 
<laughs> well, I think I think I think with the taekwondo, it's like you're not a proper taekwondo practitioner until you've had both your hips done. <laughs> so the uh, um, I, I'm I'm, uh, I'm quite lucky at the moment. I've managed to hold it off. I've got impingement in mine, yeah. uh, so it's not it's not um, it's it's degeneration of the uh, cartilage, but it's uh, it's nerve impingement and stuff, which is uh, apparently manageable through re rehab and exercise and stuff which of course i don't tend to do um, so uh just like everybody else um but I, I just look back and think you know if if i could do what i did 20 years ago with the knowledge that i've got now um i'd, I'd be uh, i'd be awesome i, I wasn't uh, i you know, my taekwondo career was great i'm really proud of what i did um finding clash of the titans and all that kind of stuff but um, I, I never got to the level of, you know, like some of the people do going to world championships and all that kind of stuff. Um, Clash of the Titans, I, I fought that three times. Um, and that was kind of the pinnacle of what I was doing. But then I kind of really, when I joined Puma, I was a bit later on in my career. And that's the kind of the time where really those opportunities presented themselves. I remember being in the, in the Puma squad um, and then um, being at the age of, I think it was... 32 i think with with people like phil whitlock and mike whitlock coming through the ranks um when they were young and i was and i was in my early 30s and still you know still happy still well i didn't appreciate it at the time but i do now i was properly fit then um and still managing that but and then um i remember doing a, a fight night against the dutch guys and thinking, oh this is it this is absolutely brilliant and then the family started, so that kind of put, put pay to the whole thing, um, and uh, and that was it really. But um, so I do, I do look back and think, um, not that I missed out, but some some people get that really early in their lives, in their sort of twenties and all that kind of stuff. And I was hitting my early thirties, and and life was moving on by that point, really. Um, but you know, I still I still like to compete now. I still like to mix it with those guys when I can, when my body lets me. Well, you're doing, you've done really well, and I think um, you know more more power to you. I, I mean, I, I suppose in a, in a way, you know, when I when I left school, which was um, I'd started taekwondo around that time, um, and I'd started a, as an aircraft engineer at Rolls Royce. So I, I didn't I didn't do the uni thing, although I was still studying, um, doing my engineering uh, qualifications and things like that. I was at home um, with my mum and dad at that time so i was able to give a lot of time to uh to taekwondo and it was quite close to me so i was initially able to walk there and then cycle then car um and it was literally just up, up the road which is why i did it in the first place i actually did karate before that which was across town i had to take a bus right so I find out about this taekwondo that was closer to me i thought yeah you know went along to that but um i, I was able to really dedicate a lot of time you know, I'd, I'd come home from, from work and then I'd, you know, have my tea and then I'd really get into like three hours of Taekwondo every yeah. night. And it was, it was brilliant. And so, you know, my, my sort of level uh, increased pr pretty quickly. And so by the time I was sort of middle, middle twenties, you know, I was uh, the black belt, I was competing, I was enjoying it. I was sort of going up to the um, squad training with the you know, other guys and whatever. So it was a, uh, I had that quite quite early on, and I think probably when I was coming to the end of that and retiring, and um, you're you're that was probably when you were <laughs> you were taking off at that time because I actually really retired to spend more time with my children at the time. Mm. My eldest was um, uh, six, I think, and the youngest was one or two. Um, I just thought they're not going to know who I am, so <laughs> I better um, better sort of pull back a bit. Um, 
so I, I did have a good time during my twenties competing, which was nice. Yeah, mine, mine, mine was. Um, uh, I think my my instructor certainly, uh, Mr. Gallard in in Andover, um, absolutely brilliant instructor. Um, technically, taught me so much about technical taekwondo at that point. Um, the one thing we didn't do, I remember we probably sparred. I could count on two hands the number of times we sparred in a year back at that point. So my sparring, I used to do all the competitions and I used to get beaten in all the competitions um, by there was two or three people that every time I came up against, they, they kind of beat me and stuff like that. And the same with a couple of my colleagues from the same school. Um, so we kind of didn't have that kind of experience with sparring at that point. Um, you know, I did all the gradings and I was getting A passes and all the gradings and this, that, the other, but sparring wasn't the great thing. And really it was only um, Mr. Jones really. And then and Master Murphy wants me to graze in. So I must've been, it was really Master Murphy that kind of spotted the um, sparring potential in me. And that would have been, and I would have been probably about 25 by that point before my sparring even really started. Yeah, yeah. Um, so it was a little bit late, really. But he, he was the one really one that kind of pulled the fighter out of me. Um, yeah. Otherwise, I probably would never have done all the other things that I've done as well. It's, it's incredible, um, really, because you think now, you know, we're, we're starting kids in martial arts at um, you know, four or five you know by the time they get to 10 11 some of them are quite experienced in this. yeah yeah <laughs> by the time they get to the, I, I remember some of the some of the kids that i was teaching as you mentioned people like phil and mike whitlock you know sparring with them when they're eight or nine thinking yeah no problem and they got to 13 thinking oh well that's quite strong and then once they got to 15 think yeah i think i'll i'll leave that <laughs> yeah it was um it was mike whitlock that made me think that it spied him in a competition and he kicked me all over the place and then i found out he was 16 years old <laughs> <laughs> he's like, absolutely battered me like, oh dear this is the end now <laughs> well um what what um what do you think i mean you, you mentioned a number of things there and obviously you spar and start late but what, what do you think the main benefits that your your martial arts uh training has, has given you um it, this is odd actually so i was talking about this uh probably about six months ago to um to somebody um i mean we talk about the taekwondo tenets a lot um within Taekwondo education and stuff like that. Um, and I remember looking back, probably when I was first and or second then, and I realized how much that kind of whole ethos of what we teach in Taekwondo had kind of seeped into my life. Um, obviously, you know, I've got, um, my, my parents have brought me up a, a certain way and all this kind of stuff, but the, the, um, the, the courtesy and respect side of it um, had, um, moved into my life more than I realized it had um, and it was just with hindsight I was able to look back and appreciate that um, so I still I still use that as a kind of lesson for my students when I'm kind of teaching them about the whole point of the taekwondo tenets that we try to teach the philosophy behind it um, so I think that's had a, a good impact obviously you know the the fitness side of it um, of taekwondo has been great and of all the martial arts really um, and um but the only downside to that, I used to have a friend that used to do, didn't do any sports and he was more healthy than I was because he never had any injuries. Um, so the downside of it, I think, is the, the harder you push yourself, the, the less benefit it's got for you because you just end, end up being, um, you know, walking in with a limp or turning up on a crutch because I've broken my ankle in a competition or, or whatever it was that I was doing. Sure, I, think the average student, I think the average student's pretty good, but I think, you know, certainly I was obsessed at that time in, wasn't so much competition, but certainly fitness. I mean, I've always have been very much that way. 
but the interesting thing is, I remember having when I was having my um, hip done, I spoke to the surgeon about this, and he said, he said you'd be surprised. He actually, he actually said that he operates on more people that have never exercised than people that have exercised. He mm. says you're actually still better doing it. The only problem is, is that sometimes with exercise, if it becomes quite an addictive thing, and if you're competing, yeah. you know yourself. And I've competed when I've had injuries, which I shouldn't have done. You know, I thought, oh, I got a little twinge there, but I'll be fine. I'll just, just do this. Yeah, yeah. By the time you come off the ring, you think oh, that hurts a little bit more than it did when I went off. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm thinking if, if you if we're really sensible about it, I think well, actually I don't feel 100. percent I'll give it a rest. <laughs> I think that's the uh, that's the um, naivety of youth, though. I think that's um, yeah. um, it was. Uh, I remember doing the competition with a bit of, a bit of a twinge in in my. Uh, I think it was in my back. It was, it was not that long ago, actually. Um, a bit of a twinge in my back, and I took I took one kick in there and, and collapsed on the floor. And it must be something a bit more serious because I ended up coming home um, and having trouble with it all day, and went to bed. And I had to get an ambulance to get me back out of bed again. Um, right. There was a problem with one of my with one of my ribs. Apparently, it dislocated a rib, which I didn't even know you could do. And the ambulance guy come and get me out of the bed, and it kind of popped back in place again as as he was doing it. I think. Oh, if only I hadn't done that competition, I would have been fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, the, uh, the 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 benefits of of um, doing things like taekwondo and stuff, I think, far outweigh the the issues. Um, don't get me wrong; I've had a, a number of injuries from it, but that's just because I've been pushing it so hard. Yeah. Um, and um, but it, what it what it has done, I think, I've always been a competitive person, but I think by getting involved in competitions i think i was a little bit different to you i wasn't so concerned about the fitness side of it because um i i, I had a good i had a good level of fitness anyway um which i wasn't really trying to push i was i was just trying to be better than everybody else um and i think that's got its kind of positives and negatives um as far as i'm concerned with that I, I do a lot of different training um and it's all always been about competition i think um i played squash when i was younger i've done taekwondo um I, you know a lot of the combat sports that i've got involved in um has has all been based around kind of pushing myself and 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 the competitive nature of it which when i started doing brazilian jiu-jitsu was bad actually because i went there thinking oh yeah i do taekwondo and all that kind of stuff and my first class i got choked out and armbarred so many times i nearly lost it um so I think that kind of ego that I must have built up without realizing um, had a, a kind of negative aspect on it, the competitive nature. I should have just backed off a bit and, and taken it um, for what it was. But um, it's, it's good. It's good to go back into. It's funny you say about um, jujitsu. I'm a, a, in a couple of uh, interviews that people will have, will have, may, have, may have heard at this point. I don't know, but um, you know, I did, I did Tai Chi for a short time in um, 2015. Because I just wanted to be a student again in a class, mm. and um, not have to almost not have to worry about it, and just be a white belt in something again. Because I think that I think it's a great feeling. I think when you when you're a white, belt. you don't realise it until you get get further. No. But actually, being white belt is great because you can go in there, everything is just wow, it's just like new and polished, and you know you don't have to think about anything. The person at the front is going to tell you what to do, um, and I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed. Um, just doing that little bit of Tai Chi. I wanted to do something sort of different, uh, a softer side of the martial arts. So, um, yeah, I, I did enjoy it. Didn't yeah, that's why I did the Jiu-Jitsu. It's not the softer side, but doing something different. I wanted to go somewhere where nobody knew what I did 
yeah. what my background was um and doing things like kickboxing and all that kind of stuff was a bit too too much the same or do something completely different and taekwondo has um, as far as i could work out anyway from all the years i've been doing it um absolutely no benefit for doing jiu-jitsu uh, other than a bit of flexibility there's a couple of times people tried um tried to put my legs in funny positions that they thought was going to hurt and it didn't because i just had the flexibility in the hips and everything um but that was about the only benefit i could find the rest of it was just not there at all i got absolutely creamed by everybody over there <laughs> well I, I i did actually contact a jiu-jitsu instructor that i used to train with and i was going to go up and do some jiu-jitsu in the end i thought to myself do you know what <laughs> I think I'll leave it because uh, I was just thinking mm, if I get injured again because the, the problem is I, I think when when you've been training that long it's that sort of martial arts mentality that you actually yeah. don't want to give in and sometimes yeah. that can be a really bad thing <laughs> yeah yeah it was uh it was it was a bit like that really um and uh, but you know it's been it's been great for me because it's made me appreciate a little bit more about what's missing from what we teach in taekwondo yeah, yeah um if you know what i mean and and some of this classes certainly we've been doing over lockdown i've done a few classes um that have been based around doing stuff from the floor like kicking from the floor and punching from the floor and all that kind of yeah. stuff so just to supplement um i mean mr pixon dave pixon the session the sessions that he's been doing with um ground defense he's got a lot more experience of it than i have um but about doing the, the training that he's doing taking um bits of um jujitsu from the floor and turning it into yeah. or, or getting it back to the position that we used to so basically being on the feet and everything i did that session with him and i thought it was absolutely brilliant it really inspired me to um you know kind of work on um a bit more of sort of doing taekwondo from the floor i looked in in the taekwondo encyclopedia and found a whole section of doing that kind of stuff which was really yeah, interesting yeah. Well, it, it, it is it is all there. I think when I started, we were probably closer to that. We used to do a, a few more different things. But sort of, um, I mean, you can argue how Taekwondo's developed, whether it's developed in the right way or wrong way. It depends how you look at it, because some people mm. love the, the sport side. Obviously, Taekwondo is well known for its dynamic kicks and, and things like that. You know, not, not so much for the, um, for the ground stuff. But there, there we go. Uh, just, just um, I mean, you're talking about... Different, different martial arts and different parts of martial arts. One, one thing that um, I sort of got into, and it was actually when I took my sixth degree, I took my sixth degree, I was lucky enough to take it under Major General of Chain, um, you know, uh, before he uh, passed away. And um, one of the things he said to me, he said, oh, you know, you must read philosophy and you must, uh, he was sort of saying that part of it, which I did actually go and do that. Now, I'm not saying reading that philosophy led on to meditation but in recent years i've got into meditation and which is tough for me because i'm a really hyper person yeah and uh, sitting down and doing nothing is quite tough um but um i'm getting better at it uh, but in in with that I've, I've been starting incorporating some breath work i've been doing um uh, if people know about wim hof the mad dutchman um who does a, call him the ice man so I've, I've actually adopted that i do a lot of that breathing and i do I only have cold showers now. I never have hot baths or, or hot baths. <laughs> it's, it's literally cold showers every day. Um, and I don't know, I do like, I do enjoy it. I mean, it, it can be quite painful at times, particularly when it's cold outside as well. But I do enjoy it and I do get something from it. And it does calm me down because um, Taekwondo has been really good for me. Um, if people knew me as a teenager and they know me now, they think, hmm. I mean, 
some of my teenage years do come out particularly of late but I, <laughs> I am actually a lot calmer so uh, my, my question really is if you if you do any if you do any meditation or breath work and uh, anything like that um, I don't actually. No, it's, it's not something I've ever built into any kind of schedule or routine or anything. Um, I did a little bit of, um, I can't remember where I was, but I did a little bit of uh, Tai Chi uh, for maybe one or two sessions once. Um, and um, a couple of, um, I had a go at yoga once or twice um, to, to kind of build all that kind of stuff in. But I've never, I've never done all that kind of um, breathing or meditation work at all really um i don't know why i just maybe maybe it's just not something that's ever sort of crossed my mind um it's funny the cold shower thing you were talking about is i i, I remember doing that a few years ago and i was training for um tough mudder okay, okay. Um, and um the uh the, the one of the most famous obstacles with this tough mudder was the um it's called the arctic enema which is this big vat of ice water that you have to dive in and okay. go under underneath um a, you have to swim underwater underneath the barrier in this ice and everything so um, that was the that was the time that I I started trying to acclimatize to cold water by having cold showers, but no, I'd, I'd rather much have a nice warm shower myself personally. But that was uh, that was interesting. That that um, sort of training as well for the tough mud that was like, that was great um, because although a lot of it is based around running and the exercises, some of the exercises that I was doing to get ready for that really had a practical application in taekwondo I was doing as well. Um, I've never had a strong upper body. Um, my, my legs are always big and strong, but my arms are really spindly and not very strong, to be honest. Um, so training on um, things like having to do monkey bar swings and all this kind of lifting and all that kind of stuff, the upper body was um, was interesting. Um, and it had a, a kind of impact on, um, you know, the way I, the way I could generate um, power um, and sort of punches and blocks and all that kind of stuff as well. So that was... That was interesting. I've, that's one thing I've never worked on is my arms. I know I've, I've spoke to you before about that, but it's, um, yeah, it's yeah. I've got these stupid small little arms and, and big, thick, short, thick, but short legs. So I don't know. I'm not I'm definitely not designed for Taekwondo. I'm, I'm the other way around. I've always had a good sort of power to weight ratio in, in that sense, because uh, well, there's never been that much of me. In fact, in fact, um, I did, I did the trial for, to become a, a contestant on Gladiators, right in the early 90s and um there was literally 70 people lined up and a lot of that was upper body strength uh, and by the end of the the, uh, the all the trials there was only two of us left me and another guy um and uh it was actually i mean it was, a, it was a great thing great test but it was all chins and dips and hangs and whatever so um i was in my element <laughs> no chin-ups my chin-ups are my nemesis i've never really been able to do them properly um yeah i used to be able to squat squat for years and um you know all that kind of stuff with the legs um well, being, being short short and heavy and big legs it was all quite good low, low central gravity type stuff but yeah the upper body was just yeah rubbish no well, forget I'll, about it i'll be do, i'll be doing a series on this everyday martial arts podcast about some chins and dips so look out for that team um yeah. <laughs> move, move, moving on uh, moving on from that um uh, I, once again, uh, some of the people I've spoken to, I've, I've mentioned just briefly about um, uh, you know my, my change in sort of diet and food protocol because I've I had a people that know me well know I had psoriasis for uh, for many years. I still got it. It still sort of um, comes out, particularly at stressful times. But um, uh, I, I'm actually on a, an animal based uh, diet and sort of eating uh, eating nose to tail these days. And it seems to be working really, really well. My energy levels are, 
are good. Um, so I've been asking my guests whether they they have any sort of particular diet or food protocols, or is it just you know see it and eat it. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it always used to be that, to be honest. I used to train so much that I used to eat whatever I wanted and then burnt it off. Um, I saw Joe Wicks on TV the other day say exactly that. Um, someone was saying to him, interviewing him, and saying, um, Is there any kind of vices that you've got, or do you have to put any food away? He said, No. He said, To be honest, I'm training so hard, I just, um, you know, I don't I don't go silly, but I burn off whatever I eat. So and that, that's what I used to be like. But then once I slowed down, I didn't change that. And that's where the problem came. Um, I always, I always eat um sort of the, you know the right thing so so it's always fresh ingredients um, i don't you don't need a lot of processed or packaged stuff it's always fresh i don't mind cooking i quite like cooking um we've got loads of kind of recipe books and all that kind of stuff we tend to revolve around the same things because that's what we enjoy as a family but um but it is um it is all cooked from fresh so that's really the kind of diet thing the problem i have i guess now with the age i'm at and the amount of training i do is, uh, is portion control um I, I do i do like to eat um i do enjoy a good meal um i don't drink much so I'm, I'm, i rarely drink so i'm not a, um i don't have to worry about sort of alcohol or anything like that but it is um i do i do enjoy good food um and i don't really follow any regime or anything um i think i just probably need to eat a little bit less of the good food that i'm cooking so, yeah. that's interesting because I, i've um i mean I, there's a couple of things that i do i i I now only maximally eat twice a day. I, I very rarely, unless I'm been invited out somewhere, will eat three times. So, but I won't eat. So I do a bit of um, time restricted eating. So mm. I'll, I'll stop eating at six or four or five uh, the day before, and then I won't eat again probably until I haven't eaten today. Uh, I think we're probably with twelve o'clock, so I haven't eaten today. So I'll probably eat at about one o'clock and maybe have something small around four. So I've actually changed the way that I eat, time-restricted eating, and I'm eating two meals rather than three or four. Um, but and that seems to be quite quite good. And I, I'm, my diet is very high fat. So even though I've set up animal-based diet, I, I do eat quite a lot of fat. And I feel quite satiated. Um, I never get that. Years ago, when I was when I was training, I, I used to get that three o'clock. I had to have food. If I, and I had whatever it was, chocolate, whatever it was, it was going, it was going down because I just. <laughs> but now it's very different. My, I tend to be quite stable um, in, in my sort of uh, my hunger. It doesn't. Do it would be interesting. I, I looked a little while ago into that um, the Michael Mosley um, fast. 800 thing whatever it was he was he was doing um it's just that that sort of thing is interesting and i quite fancy sort of trying that out and see if it has an impact it's just very difficult to do when you've got family to look after and um uh, and you know sort of meal times times out and stuff like that so um you know maybe i'll look into that at one point um also the other the other thing is that uh, our kind of diet here i guess is quite i, I guess uh, you know you're talking about having a meat-based diet and we tend to have a lot of um carbohydrate stuff which maybe we should reduce um pastas rice breads potatoes all that kind of stuff so um yeah that's another thing that you know we could play around with i suppose to see if it has an impact but um at the moment it's just uh we we, we you know you've got family to look after you just eating what you can get hold of and yeah it, it, is, it is tough I'm not, i probably have bread once or twice a week i, I can't tell you the last time i had pasta or rice or mm. potatoes or and so on but um, I mean, I do um, you know, avocados. I love probably have maybe one, two sometimes a day. Uh, I still eat some 
I, I don't eat high sugar fruits. So I tend to eat berries, blueberries, uh, blackberries, that type of thing. Um, I do have a little bit of dairy. I like, like a bit of cheese and I like uh, yogurt. So um, that's that's my, my thing. But my, my junk food Achilles heel is crisps. <laughs> I, I tell you, when, um, um, when I was training hard, every petrol station was a crisp stop. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, my mum was chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. Oh, it was, and the it was the, uh, just have one bag <laughs> no that's right it, it's, you can't keep them out in the house because um otherwise they'd just be gone yeah um but it's it's uh, with with um my my family my my son is disabled and obviously we've got to try and get food in and at the moment actually it's interesting because the dietitians have turned around to us and said he needs to put weight on oh, um yeah. which is which is he's, he's a bit too skinny um so they said you need to put weight on at the same time the rest of us need to lose it which is really really difficult for us to kind of have to manage and live with um they said all the all the fats all the sugars all the creams everything else put more cream in the sauces uh, put more fat in as dinners oh come on um so it's 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 very difficult so we've, we've got to try and, and do that and, and get all those kind of different things into him at the same time we've got to try and cut them out of our diet so that makes it um kind of tricky for us really is quite, that is quite tough. I, I think, um, as I say, mine's quite high fat in the morning. In the morning, I have my bulletproof coffee with two tablespoons of butter. Um, <laughs> you, and you, coffee. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> it's lovely. If you ever try it, just Google bulletproof coffee. It's gorgeous. Bulletproof. Yeah, yeah, it's lovely. Coffee with butter. Mm. Yeah, and, and a bit of MCT oil as well for my, my brain function. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, but my, my next one is. Uh, question I want, want to share with the audience is, is really training partners. Um, I mean, I've had a, a few training partners uh, over the years, although mainly I love training on my own. I'm quite selfish like that. And um, I, I'm very self-motivated. I, I get up early. I'm up at half six every day. Um, you know, I, I'm one of those, well, those annoying people that jump out of bed. Um, <laughs> as soon as the as soon as the light hits hits me and I'm out and then I'm up and then I'm thinking right okay what what can I do but that's my perhaps a bit of my hyperactivity in, in me that uh, people probably don't don't normally see but um, yeah it's just whether um, you know you 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 you're you know fairly self motivated or do you think that you know um, having a training partner will be good for you or not. Um, this is interesting because um, you, you look back and you look through your sort of history training and you think. Have I had training partners? And I think I've had a few over the time, but most of them have fallen by the wayside and um, and given up, or for for whatever reason. Um, you know, the 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 one time really I can really sort of think that I benefited from training partners was when we did the Clash of the Titans training. So we did we did that three times, three years, and we had a team. Marcel Murphy um, had a, a team that we had a team of six, I think. Um, and really, that was from a tiny, tiny pool of students because it was. Um, it was only kind of one school. So we, we got six people um, that could um, sort of step up and fight together and stuff like that. And that, that was that was our team. And we trained for a long, long time together, pushing each other and, and um, kicking lumps out of each other, which was absolutely brilliant. Um, and really formed a sort of camaraderie there around that team that um, lasted, lasted for some time. Um, but... You know, as, as time goes on, um, you know, uh, one of the guys now lives in Canada and people have spread out and all that kind of stuff. But, um, but that was that was a good a good period. I remember fighting against the Puma team yes, um, yes. and uh, because 
um, and that year, I think the first year then was kind of the pr proudest kind of moment, I think, of my fighting career was when they gave me the um, the Best Fighter Award for the Clash of Titans that year. So that was the best thing that I did. Um, but I, I watched the video back as well. And, and it, so, it was so um, confrontational and you get the support from all the people in your team and all that kind of stuff. It was it was incredible. I really, really kind of enjoyed that period um, and look back at it, wishing I could still do it. Well, they, they, they were great. I mean, I was, I was lucky enough to be involved with the first three Clash of Times. And the, yeah. the very first one was quite quite a historical moment, to be honest. And um, uh, I, I enjoyed enjoyed them as well. I, th I think actually, I probably enjoyed the Clash of the Titans uh, more than any sort of high level Taekwondo competition mm. way, because I wouldn't say you didn't have anything to, to lose, but, but the, the element, that team element, and uh, the fact that it was it was a bit of a them versus us type thing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and and at the time, particularly in the late eighties, you know, as a, as a taekwondo team, we had we had sort of something to prove that, you know, taekwondo could cut it. We could cut it with you know with kickboxers and you know and the kung fu people and karate and so on. So so it was a really really good um, uh, competition. In fact, I'm I'm going to try and um, uh, speak to, to Bob Sykes to get him on this uh, on this podcast so that'll be interesting to, to hear his thoughts about the, the Clash of Times having been uh, you know at the forefront of that so, that, that whole thing did develop um, a, a siege mentality and you can see it every year you see you see um, uh, I remember the first year we did it it was such a um, I guess you look back at it now and and you can say it's kind of a almost like a toxic atmosphere in the crowd not toxic's not the word but it was everybody was was partisan um there was us and i think we fought i think it was chris sparks welsh kickboxing team i think um and um and it was so confrontational that there were fights happening in the crowd um and um and i remember watching the video back and the camera zooms in and i think these these two girls having a fight in the corner and stuff like that this is it was um it was crazy crazy time really um but that was um um going back to the question i think it was I'm, I'm, i've not really had partners that push me along i think I've, I've i've always been um targets based with my training i've i've always needed to have a target to aim for and um, when i've not had a target I, my training dips off yeah, yeah. um so if people set me targets regularly or i set myself targets to to achieve yeah. that's when that's when i kind of step up the training a little bit i think um but um, yeah, I guess if you've got a regular training partner pulling you along, that always helps, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. I've, I've just always been, even 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 as a young kid, um, you know, pre-teens, I've, I've I've never struggled to um, to push myself uh, on my own, just just to get out there and go right. You know, I need to do this. Um, even even when I'm, uh, you know, part of a football team, um, and the rest of the football team didn't want to train, I'd be out there training. So yeah, it, it's um, just something that. I'm happy that I've, you know, developed that way and have that in me. I don't know where it's come from. Probably my mother, I think. But uh, <laughs> let's see. Um, if, um, I mean, obviously in, in martial arts generally, we, you know, one of the things that, that tends to, to happen, um, you know, you start a martial art and you look at the, the belts in front of you and you think, yeah, I want to be that belt, I want to be that belt. But I think, particularly when you start, belt level seems to be quite important. But I think once you've been trained a long time, it's not that important, or it has perhaps a different 
level of importance, different type of importance. And so my question really is, is that, you know, how, how do you see that? Do you think that a grain is important? If so, you know, what, what, why, why is it important? Um, you know, yeah, just that question, really. Um, yeah, I agree. And when you're a cutabout, it's um, like every, every stepping stone, isn't it? Every, every little bit is a stepping stone um, towards the next bit. And, um, and the... I remember being, like I said to you before, my first target was Greenbelt. So really in my head when I first started, I didn't really, not caring is not the right word, but I wanted to be that Greenbelt. That was the Greenbelt. And then my next target was Blackbelt. So everything else was a stepping stone to that point. Um, so once I got my um, uh, Greenbelt and then progressed to the Bluebelt to the Redbelt, that, that, was, that was all just in the way for me. That was, you know, go get to the Blackbelt there. And then second down. And then after that, I kind of, stopped worrying about it a little bit to be honest i think when i got to second down i was kind of a little bit more content and then it just came with with um you know i just carried on doing what i was doing and and obviously it was okay um but it was interesting so starting doing the jujitsu again and, and going back and being a white belt um and then not worrying about the grades and suddenly it was like oh my god i've, I've got to learn this new stuff i've got to get in the next grade i've got to get the next grade and um so it goes back to having to chase it again um so maybe you know with with the experience that we've got in taekwondo we look back and and forget that sometimes but it, it is um <clears throat> it is important for the students for the for the, certainly the, the the junior grade students coming through it is an important concept i think of, of progression um and it's no, it's no surprise really that people think black belt is the um, the, the ultimate because um, when you get to black belt, we we all know that black belt is just a star. Yeah. But when you get to black belt, that's the last coloured belt you achieve. Yeah. Um, so people think, oh, black belt, and, and even some of my students now think, look at my my first and students, yeah. and they still ask the juniors, the kids in particular, they still ask what the difference is between them and me. Yeah. yeah. And, I, and I say about thirty years. Um, <laughs> so it's um so they still don't quite get the concept of dan grades um but um but ch chasing grades is is an interesting one, isn't it? If, if you took them out yes i wonder how you would um how you would get the students to understand their progression i know yeah. there's certain things obviously with some forms of kickboxing and boxing and this that, and the other they don't have grades they just um they just train they go along and train and go home again and all that kind of stuff but um it's a it, it's an achievement thing I, I had when i was a color belt students i had all of my certificates in frames on my wall yeah yeah so you know i was obviously immensely proud of getting my blue belt or something like that um and then when i got my black belt i took them down and put the black belt certificate up um but i still had them in the loft for years and years and years all yeah. the color belt certificates um so it obviously meant something to me mm. Um, and I know that some people now have racks with their belts in, don't they? They, they, they do, yeah. I haven't got any, any of mine. In fact, this is, like, this is the, the 40th year. Um, 40 years ago, I got my, this year, I got my first degree. So um, I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm a, a celebratory year in, in a couple of weeks. <laughs> I've got a birthday as well. But um, <clears throat> that's another story. Um, yeah, no, I, it, it, it is interesting. And I, I think probably for a lot of people as well it, it, it's it's a, a sort of a visual goal setting isn't it you know you, you, you think all right you know you set your goal to get that belt and then you set a goal whereas maybe if you didn't have that um, that visual uh, goal you know you, it helps with motivation doesn't it i think yeah, to, to yeah, get them going yeah, motivation, yeah definitely, definitely 
I, I hope I hope this not we've got somebody using a circular saw out there. So I'm hoping that people can can hear this. Um, <laughs> uh, well, last 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 thing last thing really is that um, what would your your ideal day look like? Um, you know, if you had a choice, think right. I'm going to design my ideal day. What would it look like? My ideal day is it's it, it's it's a tough one, isn't it? Because um, family <laughs> yeah, the, the, fam, the family take over, don't they? Um, the, um, you, you know, you, you could say, have a great family day or would I like to have some time on my own or, or, or whatever. So um, that, that's a tough one, really. Um, I do enjoy, I, I haven't done it. I, I remember being younger before I had kids and whenever we used to go on a holiday, I used to sit on the beach and just dive into books um, and read books. And um and that was that was the holidays for me. Um, it wasn't about the sunbathing. Like I was just chilling out, reading a book, uh, maybe on a beach with the, the sound of the um, the sea. Um, but now, you know, we enjoy going out together with families. And we go to different places, or when when we could before the lockdown, we used to visit different places um, um, and go out with with them. Um, like I said, with my son, my kind of life has to revolve around him a little bit, um, or quite a lot actually. And um, so. You know doing stuff with them is is always great yeah. but then you know i'd like to i play guitar and i'd like to get together with other guitarists and and um oh, you know and spend a lot of time just jamming away and doing that kind of stuff which is something i've never really had the opportunity to do so that would be uh, lovely too I'd, I'd like to do that and well, that would be just for me then nothing to do with my family <laughs> well, we'll have to do that i suppose yeah it's, it's difficult there isn't the perfect answer but um no, I, 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 I agree. Maybe, uh, maybe we need a, a, a few different types of uh, ideal days. One in a, you know, a week of them, a week of ideal, an ideal week. Okay, and each day we can uh, uh, family, just me, blah 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 blah, blah <laughs> and so on. But, uh, but no, thank, thanks for that. I, I, I have been looking forward to this and super excited for many reasons actually, uh, uh, chatting to you. And I hope people really, really enjoyed it uh, for a couple of things. I think you're quite a modest. Uh, personal. I, I don't think that um, you probably know um, the respect that people have for you, and, and just your own your own ability and what you what you can do. Uh, so you know, I really want to say thank you for uh, for giving up the time and uh, you know sharing with the audience um, some of some of well some about you, so just things about you, which is which is great. Um, obviously, you know. Um, we, we sort of work together you know you do quite a lot for uh, our association which is most appreciated and um, uh, all of your students listening to this uh, should be very very thankful for you being their instructor as well because you're a you know a great person you're a, you've got a great heart and um, you know thank you very much thank you very much oh, thank you so much thanks thank you very much and uh, hopefully we'll see you soon if you want to uh, those that are listening to this that are perhaps not doing martial arts and are in the uh, the Gravesend area if you want to connect with Mr Harper I'll put his details uh, class details in the show notes so uh, please connect uh, go along uh, you will not be disappointed believe me thank you very much see you soon thank you